Welcome to Thrive Deeper, the show based on the Thrive Bible Reading Guides. This is an ongoing conversation about God's Word with Thrive's author, Dr. Matthew Jacoby, and your host, DJ Payne. G'day and welcome to episode 100 of Thrive Deeper. It's I, your humble host, DJ Payne, and on this week's episode, Matthew and I are doing it live on video and live out of the desk again. My adrenaline's shaking, I'm pumping here, so let's hope and pray we can get through this with no mistakes. In this week's episode, we're going through the book of Revelation chapters 19 and 20. We're nearly at the end, plus we've got some phenomenal questions from you. Strap yourselves in, wherever you're watching from. I'm so excited that you could join us here for this very special episode 100 of Thrive Deeper. I can't believe it. 100 episodes, and you've been part of the journey all the way through. So join us, get those notes out, and let's go through this episode. Matthew, we're live. We are. You said the adrenaline's pumping. Should my adrenaline be pumping too? I, well, you've had two I, coffees. I, right. <laughs> okay. So you've got something else pumping over there. I yeah. don't know. And, and another little difference between us right now is that you are dressed like it's the middle of summer and I'm dressed for the snow. You are. So what's going on there? Look, I do have a singlet. All right. Does that, does oh, that help? Oh, okay. That makes <laughs> a little bit of a difference. <laughs> that must Look, be I, one warm singlet. I, I like the cold. You uh, don't so much like Oh, no. The cold. I, I love winter. Okay. I, I love winter, but, but you I, love I, like, I like rugging up. And it just happens to be, <laughs> this studio happens to be a fridge. Well, we'll talk a little bit about the studio later on. People are getting a first glimpse yeah. in, in, in what it's like in here, but uh, we are recording and it is cold on the day that we're recording. And we're very excited to say thank you to everybody who's tuned in and is watching from wherever you're watching, uh, you know, wherever you might be. I know that it's eight roughly around, but uh, uh, might, might be after eight o'clock here in Australia. It's uh, 5 p.m. in Perth. Perth, I think, if people, I know people tuning tuning in from Perth, uh, we've got, no, actually 6pm in Perth, uh, I know we've got listeners in New Zealand, g'day, it's 10pm over there, if you're in London, I know there's been a few people watching from London, it's 11am in, in the UK, wow. and in America, it's way too early in the morning, so if you're listening from America, you should go back to bed. <laughs> so there we go, that's everybody who's watching. But we, uh, for the structure of this uh, episode 100, we want to cover some questions that have come in. People have been good enough to send us questions. Well, well it's interesting that for our 100th ep- episode, yeah. we, without exaggeration, are tackling possibly the most complex chapter <laughs> in the whole Bible. So <laughs> maybe maybe we should have chosen another chapter, well, an easier I, chapter for this one. I'm thinking we should have somehow timed it where we were finishing the Book of Revelation. Yes. Because next, okay, yeah. next fortnight we will have the wrap-up of the Book of Revelation. Uh, but that's okay. That's okay. We've got these – are these are. it's funny – Looking at different, um, uh, you know, there's different um, apps and Bible read-throughs on different platforms, audio platforms. Mm. And, for example, in, in Apple Music, you can see on a album what is the most popular songs on that album. Right. For the album of the Book of Revelation, for people who put out the Book of yeah. In, in Apple Music, yeah. 19 and 20 and 21 are always the most popular, ah, right. popular ones. Wow. Way yeah. far more. So we are covering like a really popular part of, of the book of Revelation. Good. We've got some questions. 
Go for it. You're up for it? Okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. From uh, from Suzanne, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, from Suzanne, it could be Susan. Matt and DJ, I'm loving the podcast, and this is her words, not mine. Uh, for this old chook, for an old, sorry, for, for an old chook like me, it has been a refreshing uh, read through a book I've always avoided, you know. Uh, she goes on to say, that the bloodshed and the death in the book of Revelation really mm. troubles me. Yep. And in Revelation 19, <clears throat> it is Jesus who is doing it all. Yep. She makes a point, she has a bit of a longer point where she says, you know, she's always agreed with her friends about the Old Testament God versus the New Testament Jesus, you know, uh, and that's a common thing that people talk about. But she's like, this Jesus in the in Revelation 19, I don't like it. I don't like him. Yeah. How can I rec- reconcile this in my heart and my mind? Yeah. Well, uh, interestingly, if you were to take um, – there's a few perspectives we can offer on this, but if you were to take a first century view, so put yourself for, for a moment yeah. in the position of the people who first received this revelation, um, they are – they are suffering themselves and have seen friends, family, brothers and sisters in Christ suffer yep. in, in in ways that we couldn't imagine. Oh. Like the injustice and the oh. hatred against them and the evil that they suffered. And the gruesomeness. Yeah, basically because they would not participate in what is basically a demonic mm. cult, yep. you know, the emperor worship and the worship of the gods uh, of Rome. Uh, and And, you know, I think the harshness of that situation. Like the, the issue for them, interestingly, was not when they would have read this, is not, oh, how could uh, how could a, a loving God do such terrible things? Yes. No, the issue for them was how could a loving God not come and deal with all of this evil? Sooner. Yeah, doesn't yeah, God yeah, care? Yeah. Isn't God just? Yeah. Why, why you know, and, and so I, I think it's probably partly our context where um, perhaps – uh, we're not as cl- uh, close or sensitive to the real coal face of the evils of this world. And perhaps if we were, that would perhaps make a difference to that perspective. Oh, I, I, I was totally in, – in, in, uh, let me interrupt you for a second. And, and Susan or Suzanne, whoever, uh, <coughs> however you pronounce your name, I was struggling with this this week. Yeah. You know, and, and a friend of mine sent me a story about Christians suffering persecution in Africa. Yep. And they said, warning, this is pretty full on. And I was yep. like, what? Mm. <laughs> For sure. Yep. I'll look at the story. Little did I know that it had photographs. Mm. And I, 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 I teared up because there yep. was literally mutilated bodies in the street, must have been 100 people. And I was like, uh, I wasn't ready for that. And it made me have that feeling of, oh, God, please, Save, justice, yeah, br- yeah, save these people and whoever did this yeah. deserves to be. Yeah. And and look, I don't want to – that's not to invalidate no. the, the sense and, and the concern behind that. Um, but the – you know, we, we have – and I think the, dis, the sense of disparity is between the, the loving and gracious Jesus that we see in the Gospels. Yeah. Now, mind you, that loving and gracious, gracious Jesus says some pretty harsh things mm-hmm. and, you know – puts out some harsh warnings that if you don't receive this grace, then you get justice. And um, the justice, you know, that that we get is it's pretty black and white kind of stuff. Yeah. And Jesus gave everything to save us from that. Now, okay, so what we have now is Jesus in, the, in this ch- chapter of Revelation is Jesus returning 
and we have we do have some pretty disturbing images. But this is this is now war. The, you know, yep. it's this is war. And, this is the final and, part. And and it's. Um, I guess it brings with it all of the imagery, all of the grittiness of a scenery of war. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, never ha- have there been issues as big as this at stake. You know, mm. this is this is war against the the evil in its most brutal sense. Mm. And Jesus is coming once and for all to wipe it all out. So, yeah, mm. it's pretty messy. Yeah. But it's the final. It's the final. Battle and I and I think the I think the thing that I always say when people have these reactions of, oh wow that really made me yep. feel something. I, my first reaction is you're supposed to feel like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. You're supposed to go, oh my goodness. Yep. You know, I think that's part yeah. of the part of the purpose yep. in the text. All right, mm. moving right on. Thank you for good, that question. Good, very good question. Though. Yeah, I, I really appreciate that perspective. Uh, yeah, from Michelle. Um, I've loved going through the book of Revelation. I've edited some of these questions down, so sorry about this. I've loved going through the book of Revelation with you too. You've made me look at it all fresh. Good. Thank you. In chapter 19, Jesus has many different names mm. in verses 12, 13, and 15. He has a name that no one knows except for himself. Mm-hmm. She, she, she adds, do you know what that name is? <laughs> Verse 13. Hang on, verse 13, he's known as his name is the word of God. And verse 15, his name is the King of Kings. Yeah. Um, why uh, you know, why does no one know? And why the three different names? Okay. So uh it says here in Revelation 19, verse 12, he has a name written on him that no one knows but he, he himself. But then it goes on, and this is the question, you know, his name is the word of God, and then his name is the King of Kings. So so well. Those names are known. Yeah. Um, most probably, uh, this is talking about the divine name Yahweh. The, okay. The, the oh, wow. Y-H-W-H. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Because even though even though it was, and it, it, this is well known about that name, even though in one sense it's known, yet there's, there was another aspect in which it wasn't known. Mm-hmm. That's why they didn't add the vowels, to leave that sense of mystery in, in that name and and what it kind of referred to and so it it kind of becomes known as the unknown name the name Yahweh yeah um, uh, it's it's the un almost the un it becomes the unsayable yeah. name in, in this sense that's I so like that. yeah and, and 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 it's not that I don't uh, I don't it's not that we shouldn't use that name but it, there's a sense in which the fullness of meaning behind it is a mystery. Is a mystery. Okay. That's great. So this is the interesting thing about this. He has that name written on him. This is who this is. This is not just uh, an angelic being here. This is this is Yahweh God in in, in the person of Jesus coming I, to bring judgment. I like the uh, New Living Translation here. It says a name was written on him, and only he knew what it meant. Yeah. I, I, I like yeah. the and I like the fact that John is watching. Yeah, and he sees it, and he's like, "I, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> like it's a mystery to him." Yeah. I love that. I love that. So the other names there, Word of God, that's yeah. a name that yeah. John has already yeah, given that's him because right, he is the embodiment of the truth of God. Yeah, and then obviously King of King Kings, of Kings, Lord of yeah. Gods. Yeah, yeah, which is a fulfillment of Old Testament. That's right. He he is the the promised Messiah. Yeah, yeah the Anointed One. I love it. I love it. Bit of a funny question here from uh, Mikey in New South Wales. He says. Uh, in the book of Revelation, I think he's skipping ahead a little bit here towards the end. When the uh, new Jerusalem comes down, it has twelve foundations. Yeah, and on the twelve foundations are written twelve apostles. Yeah, he says, "Hang on, who's the twelfth apostle?" 
what name is written there because of Judas. Yeah, it, it well, it actually doesn't matter because it because um, you could then because also Paul and Barnabas were referred to as apostles as well. Yeah. So, in one sense, there are thirteen, perhaps more, if you add, you know. And then there was Matthias who they drew yeah, out. Yeah, of that's the- right. Yeah, so. Um, uh, the point is, is that the twelve apostles stand for the foundation of the church in okay. that, because yep. that's where it's th- their names are written on but the foundation. There's, but there's literally twelve names going to be written on the twelve foundational bits. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm just so yeah. I'm pushing you here. I'm pushing you. Now I thought that was funny. I thought that was yeah. funny. I, I I personally would like to think that Paul, you know, the apostle okay. Paul, would be on one of those stones, but we don't know. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's. I think we should understand that as, as a it's it's a symbolic portrayal oh. of something that I think eludes our imaginations at present. Okay, okay, this is it. Last question for uh, you know uh, the episode here is from Richard. He says, uh, talking to people at my church about the Book of Revelation, I've heard them talking about covenant or dispensational interpretation. Mm-hmm. You've mentioned dispensationalism. Both of us has in previous episodes. I'd like to know what the difference is in the way of interpreting and what does it mean to the book of Revelation? That is a big question. Yeah, it relates to um, a couple of slightly different ways. They're not incompatible with each other, actually, no. and, and, and they are slightly different ways of seeing the unfolding of salvation history. Okay, So from the time of Adam and Eve yep. through to the present or, or through to the end um, – uh, the final state. Um, uh, one one framework is to see it as like an unfolding covenant. Is to see it in terms of the covenant of God yes. unfolding. Um, another um, slightly different, but again not incompatible way is to is to see divide salvation history into periods or dispensations in which um, God deals with human beings in slightly in slightly different ways. Yes. Um, so. I would describe the one as a slightly more organic, something growing organic and developing, yep. and uh, and the latter as something that's a little bit more, a little cleaner. Yeah, we enter into a different sort of dispensation. Traditional, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and look, personally, I find, I, I find, and and I know that you have leaned towards the um, dispensational side. I, I personally find that just a little neat. I, I like the more organic, uh, covenantal. Um, Sort of framework, yeah. But of course, uh, that's probably my my theological background is is more in that tradition, that covenantal tradition. Yes. So where mine is more in the dispensation. Yours, yours and, is more in the dispensation. And this brings up. Let, let me just go. Let me go like meta for a second. You yep. know, in 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 thinking about how we teach and how we educate people. Yeah. I believe that people like a little bit of. I'm going to use a bad word. Debate, yep. and I'm I'm not going to say we're going to enter into a debate and there's a winner and then we're going by yep. rules or anything like that, but but an educational model for people who really want to know these things sometimes is to hear the different views espoused, mm. and then being able to say, there you go, yeah, you don't have to come out and say, and we're going to wrap it up in a bow, and it's mm. all neat and it perfectly fits this. Not for every like I'm yep. talking not for every theology or every yep. doctrinal point. Yep. Of course, you need to be really clear about yep. the gospel, who Jesus is, and the foundations. Yep. But things about the Book of Revelation. Yeah, I think it's okay. Tell me what you think about this, man. I think it's okay to have two yep. close friends who respect one another have a slight disagreement in it and be able to educate people out of that 
disagreement. Yeah. Um, I think I, I sense sometimes that, that people get a little unsettled by debate. Yes. And, um, and as though it makes everything a bit wishy-washy. No, no and I think... And, and we've spoken about this, uh, I think perhaps it was in Thrive Perspectives. Yeah. I forget which, which podcast um, uh, that, that we do what in. But, um, you know, there are the fundamentals of the faith. And, the, in, and even when we talk about revelation, there are just certain fundamentals here yeah. that, um, that are not are not up for debate in, in this sense. I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, Christ is coming again, there will be a judgment, there is going to be a new heavens and a new earth, uh, there will be a, a day of resurrection. These are the fundamentals of the faith. Okay, mm-hmm. we agree with these things. It's There are those black and white areas that are clearly taught in Scripture, and then there are the other grey areas. That There, there are the bits that... Um, uh, that we're not exactly sure how that will work out, and and again, the, the the slightly different perspectives of the covenant, you know, the covenantal perspective and the the dispensational, dispensational. perspective, they're not they're not that ra- radically different, but but they're and, I, and, and sometimes yeah. in the debate. Sorry to interrupt you, but sometimes the debate is about how we interpret it. Yeah. What does yeah. What, you know? The, the truth is there. We both agree on the truth. Yeah. But then it's like, okay, how does that flesh out to us today? Coming back to Richard's question, covenantal and and because his final bit there with dispensationalism versus covenantal, I think what he's getting at is in looking at the book of Revelation, traditionally, and Matt, you mm. can speak to this, covenantal has a reputation of being, um, and we've spoken about this before, mm. covenantal has a tradition of sort of saying, okay, the church fulfills the prophecies given to Israel. And again, I'm. I'm Gee, I'd I, want to qualify that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. That's what I'm saying. That's an. Oh, that's a. That's the stereotype of covenantal theology. The stereotype of dispensationalism is well. There's seven dispensational ages. It finishes at exactly 12:01 on this date, and then the next dispensation. Well, I, as as someone who leans towards mm. dispensationalism, I don't agree with that. Just as someone who leans towards covenantal, yeah, yeah. you don't say, "Well, Israel's out and the church is in." Yeah. No, I certainly don't say that. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah. let's answer I, his question about the book of Revelation. What does it mean about the book of Revelation? Um, well, I think when we, t- particularly when we talk about the millennium, I think we'll, we'll get to that yeah. uh, a little bit. Um, I guess it it has an effect on um, how neatly we divide up the different bits. Yes, um, I think probably another element of the of that difference is that the the covenantal approach. I mean. Some complexities uh, in yes. this, but you know, tends to uh, go with. I guess a m- m- look at Revelation s- says, look clearly. This is there are symbols being used here, yep. and and refers uh, and tends to read these things symbolically, including the thousand year period, yes. which is just a very long time. Yep. Sim- you know, a lot of the things there are symbolic, whereas, whereas the dispensational approach tends to be a little bit, bit more literal. Yeah, click. Would There's a be, thousand years. Stop watching. Would that be done. a fair? Yeah. Oh, yes. I think that, that'd that's a be great way. Fair. That's a great way it's to say. It's difficult. It. It's difficult to. It is difficult to generalize. And and I think, I think we are moving a little bit beyond these generalizations anyway. I mean, like even for me personally, I, I'm. I actually dislike choosing. I recognise the tensions. I recognise they're really strong. I mean, and this is the thing. You and I have discussed these things, and 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 I and I see. And this is the value, actually, of of discussions and debates, actually. This is what I draw because by going through this process, I recognise the weaknesses yes. in, in what I think and, and it, it, it 
makes the grey areas grey because I can have a tendency to be black and white about things that are grey, and right. I don't want that. Okay. Yeah. And by and and so this is this is where I think discussion. A lot of people think you know debate is arguing and we shouldn't. No, yeah. no. It's actually can be really really constructive. Iron sharpening iron. Yeah. It, it, and and it, I found it very constructive. Yeah. So I, I, to answer Richard, I, and I and I love that discussion. That's maybe a theme that we can look at later on down the we, track. We are going to get into the text. I think are at you, some point, and we <laughs> we are. But I just want to I just want to make sure. Okay, Richard, I think the question you're asking about probably knowing a little bit about the background of the church that you go to would be around the people of of, of Israel, the Jewish people, however you wanted to express mm. that, the chosen people, the Jews, whatever you want to say there. I, I would say that no matter I think I think because I don't want to even portray myself as a hard and fast dispensationalist. Mm. I like to think mm. there's a progressive dispensational yeah. of God. But I think the point that maybe we both can agree on is that God is not finished dealing with the Jewish people as a nation, as a people. And the book of Revelation speaks towards that, and there are fulfillments, national Jewish fulfillments in the Old Testament that we don't, as the Gentile church, fulfill. More or less. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think. How, how there, easy there, is that? Well, I mean, you know, I'm very analytical, so yes. there was probably just a couple of qualifications that I've made there. But, you know, the way that I would summarise it is that the the covenant with Israel was an eternal covenant. Uh, you know, so um, there, there, to say that there is a point where God is finished with Israel, I just can't, In, in you know, before the very end, yes. man, I, I can't see I agree. that. Yep. That that lines up with, with scripture. So yes. what's known as replacement theology, I, I don't, uh, I just can't reconcile that with the nature of the promises yeah. uh, to Israel. Again, I, I'm also, um, it's also important to to actually recognise the fact that though as the church we are grafted in, we don't Amen. replace, no. but we are grafted in. Yep. And so a lot of the a lot of the promises made uh, to Israel are inherited by us. Uh, as Christians, because sometimes I feel like um, uh, some people get so Israel-focused and it's all about Israel, mm-hmm. um, when actually you read the New Testament and actually it's all about the church into which which includes uh, Israel. Yes. Because, again, remember the early church was primarily Jewish people yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 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 you know, became increasingly, uh, you know, Gentile as it went out into the world. Yeah. Great, excellent. Okay, we're going to wrap that one up there. There's a lot more. I think that might be. We could spend a whole episode. Just that on might that. be an episode of, of perspectives <laughs> coming up. I think we might earmark that for perspectives. All right, we've got a little bit of time here before our break to to actually get into the text and have a look. So let's do a bit of a um, you know a bit of an overview of what we're coming through. This is right at the end now, the end of uh, you know the, the story of the Book of Revelation, the narrative of the Book of Revelation. The Apostle John has just uh, witnessed and in 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 sixteen seventy and 18 has really shown us like the end of the um the bowls the, yep. all the judgments are ending the whore of babylon has been taken down the world has you know are crying out about it it is absolutely huge devastation around the earth and then at the beginning of 19 we go from the earth and the huge devastation into heaven and there's praise going on in heaven there is absolute uh singing the lamb and everything like that which which is interesting by the way uh, going back to one of the previous questions yeah because the response of all of the saints in heaven yes to all of the horrors going on on earth is actually celebration and praise yeah uh, 
and and you know uh, he has in a verse end of verse 2 of chapter 19 he has avenged on her the blood of his servants and again they shouted hallelujah the smoke from her goes up forever and ever yeah. and they're shouting celebrating. And celebrating this stuff so you know when i read this actually just recently and having been a little horrified by what I'd read previously, and again to really validate that perspective, mm. this challenged me because I thought maybe I'm not, maybe I'm looking at this in the wrong way. See, either this is the thing: either I judge the text, or the text judges me. Amen. And and I think the latter is the way that it needs to be. I Amen. I need to allow the text actually to uh, to examine my attitudes, and maybe I'm not quite looking at this the right way. Yeah, and. So, so I think we need to allow for that oh. for that perspective. Maybe, maybe the saints here in heaven, I would suggest that they're looking at things in the right way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They've got the attitude of heaven yeah. there. There's there's a passage here halfway through the through nineteen. Is this scene is oh, it's it's so amazing. You know, the angel comes and tells John to write. Uh, these are the true words that come from God. And then it says in verse ten, and then I fell down. At his feet. This is John talking about the feet of the angel. Now, he's already seen all everything. He's seen the lamb. He's seen everything. He fell down at the feet to worship him. But the angel said, no, don't worship me, for I'm a servant of God, just like you and other brothers and sisters who testify of their faith in Jesus. Worship God. And then I love this line here, for the essence, and this is an interpretation, New Living Translation, for the essence of prophecy is to give a a clear witness Mm. for Jesus. Oh, man. It's interesting because, uh, and I think it's the same word. I was just going to quickly check that word. Um, uh, That when this happened to Jesus, um, when people fell down to worship him, he didn't t- he didn't correct that. But no. everywhere else, because yeah. it happened, of course, to Paul uh, and the others. Yes, it is the same word. Proskuneo um, is uh, the word. So, like, this is described of Jesus that Jesus that people responded this way to Jesus, and yeah. Jesus doesn't correct this. No. But of course, the apostles did. Even the angel does. Get up! Don't I'm, don't yeah. worship me. And that word. We get that's there's a English word that we get from there, um, uh, uh, sort of. No, yes. Um, I'm you on the spot. <laughs> like we, not not, pro, like, not yeah, like prostrate ourselves yes, before that's God. The word. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the right. word. That's okay. the word. I see what you're going for there. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, do we get that word from there? No, if... no. I'm just putting. Yeah, maybe it. we do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's live where it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Okay, so going from there, we then have in that second half of mm. 19, and this is sort of where we we're up to here, yep. the rider on the white horse. Mm. And we've had a question about this already, and this is Jesus coming yep. on his white horse. Yep. The fact that Jesus has got a horse is fantastic. Well, it's it's that's in contrast, of course, to the um, to the uh, the donkey riding in uh, in. Matthew chapter 21, so yes. the triumphal entry of Christ in uh, fulfilment of Zechariah. Yeah. Uh, Behold, your king comes to you riding on a lowly and gentle, riding on a donkey. Yeah. Um, so a white horse really is a symbol of power and battle. And is it is in it the con- ancient world? Is it contrast to the four horsemen of the? Is there something? Is there a tie in there as well uh, or not? Well, I mean the the white horse, and, I mean, and this really is the connection. The white horse in uh, where is it? Chapter six is a symbol of conquest. 
Okay, because that's what a yes. that's what a white horse stands for. Victory is yeah stands for conquest and yep. victory and yep. and um, so we have Jesus coming here riding on a white horse in contrast to the gentle and lonely riding on a donkey. Mm. That's what he does does the first time he comes in grace to reach out and draw people in, but now he's coming to finally destroy all evil. So we and, have the white horse. And this is fulfilling so many prophecies in the Old Testament. I mean, he's ruling, yep. he's coming to war. Yep. He has an iron rod, the sword coming out of his mouth. Yep. He is taking on all the, all the uh, um, you know, all the nations. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it, again, it's still horrifying because it says here, you know, that he, his robes that he's coming down, he's all in white, fiery, and the robes are dipped in blood yep. as he's coming <laughs> And this is actually every part of this description is uh, is uh, alluding to Old Testament scriptures. So that uh, that bit about his robes is yeah. referring to Isaiah chapter sixty three, verses one to three. Yeah. So, um, uh, which says, uh, "I've trodden the winepress alone; their blood spattered on my garments. I stained all my clothing." Like this is this is God uh, in in through Isaiah portraying the final judgment. So it's it is. Um, portraying a situation where there's there's really no there's not an equal battle here. No, he's just trampling his yes, enemies. Yes. That's the, that's the point of this of this picture. And you know, like I know, yeah, I know it's a it's a pretty horrid image in one sense, but the point is that it conveys absolute. Absolute victory. Yeah. There's the, you know, the absolute power. Yeah. I'm just trampling over my enemies. And it's important to say that who is he coming against? And this is, you know, we, we find out that it, that the beast had gathered the kings of the earth and their armies in order to fight against the one sitting on the horse in the army. Yeah. So it is the nations, of, it's everybody that's left, yeah. basically. So, so there's some discussion about is there actually a battle here? Because yeah. it seems that the the... You know the the sword comes out of the mouth of the rider, and and you know there are some that say says there's no battle here, and yet but there's some suggestion. Um, so for example, back in chapter two, um, it says that the victors will be given authority to rule the nations with a rod of iron, and to shatter them like pottery. Uh, so so there's some indication that there is a battle, but in any case, it's a it's a complete walkover, yeah. like quite. Literally, um, as this suggests. Now, but G- he's not riding alone. No, that's right. He's yeah. got the armies of heaven, yeah. dressed in pure white linen, followed him on a, on white horses as well. So this is this is now, the who people is, who, of God. Okay, these yeah. are the because we've, we've met them already. Yeah, because we go first up, we go fur- further up into chapter nineteen, and we see that the um, you know that his bride has prepared herself. She is permitted to wear the finest white linen. Yep. Fine linen represents the good deeds she has done yep. by the by the people of God. Yep. So am I right? This might be my dispensationalism coming out here. This is the church yep. coming with yeah, that's right. Jesus yeah, yeah. to fight in this battle. Yeah. Well, that's that's not uh, – that's just not a dispensationalist, but that's every, I think that's the, that's the clearly the perspective that's Ooh, talked about here. Oh, my It's goodness. an amazing picture. You know, and, and it says on his robe and on his thigh he has this name written. And probably on his robe, it's not two places, but on the robe around the thigh, you know, where it's like where the sword is. Yes. You know. Yeah. I think that's significant. He has this king of kings, uh, lord of lords. And then we have this um, scene of the great supper. Now, the interesting thing is um, 
that previously we see this picture of the saints partaking, God's people dressed in white robes, partaking of the great banquet. And here we see the enemies of God, in a sense, becoming a great, ba- I mean, a great banquet. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, for the on. birds of the air. And again, this is taken, see, the, all of this imagery, mm. um, you know, John's not just pulling this out of out of his no. head. This is all, well, it's coming as a revelation, but it's connected. Remember, he's tying up the strands of all other biblical prophecy here in the book of Revelation. This is the remarkable thing about this book, yeah. the way that it ties up all of these strands. So this comes from um, th- this this great supper and calling the birds of the air to come and feast on the flesh of, of the fallen. It's a... <laughs> Talk about gruesome. Yeah, gr- a gruesome uh, imagery. This comes from Ezekiel uh, 39, yeah. where uh, the judgment against Gog is punctuated by an invitation to the birds and the wild animals to come together for the great sacrifice in the mountains of Israel, where they will eat the flesh of mighty men and drink the blood of the princes of the earth. Again, uh, like really harsh imagery. But see, the thing is, this is harsh imagery that is is given to people in exceptionally harsh yeah. circumstances. Yeah. So... And and it's in a way it's kind of validating the sense of horror and the trauma and all of that's going to be thrown back. This mm-hmm. is the this is the lex talionis, you know, the principle, uh, an, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, which is a principle of justice. You see, if we don't, those who don't um, receive grace get justice, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, it's it's everything thrown back. Mm-hmm. So all of this, remember, this is uh, this is all in the light of what is just happened with the horrors that we've seen perpetrated against God's people, this is now all coming back at the beast and his followers. Mm. It's all coming back uh, 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 upon them. So that's what's going on here. Yeah, that's all right. Pretty full on stuff here as we wrap up the book or the chapter of uh, chapter 19 here. We're going to continue into chapter 20. Let's just take a little break here as we do episode 100 live. Hopefully you're sticking with us. It's DJ and Matt here for Thrive Deeper, episode 100. Well, this is exciting. Episode 100. Sorry to interrupt it, and uh, hopefully you get a chance to watch the video. The video will be up after the uh, live broadcast on thrivetoday.tv. And the thing that we're very excited to let you know at is if you head over there, and hopefully you're there watching this right now, but if you haven't, if you're listening to this normally in your feed, head over to thrivetoday.tv because it's all new. It's all refreshed. We've done a big, big refresh of it here, and we're so excited to show you this brand new ThriveToday.tv. One aspect that we're super excited about, not only is it all this, you know, beautiful, clean design that we've got on there, we're really excited about the new artwork and photographs and everything, but there's a whole new aspect to the ministry that we're asking you to step in and join us with, and we're going to flesh this out with you as we go. As you can see, if you're watching the video, we're recording this in our studio, which is my back shed. Uh, It's freezing at the moment, and we've still got a lot of work to do in here. Uh, We love putting out all the information that we do of the podcast for free, but we're going to be asking you if you want to, because a lot of people, a lot of you have contacted us and said, how can I support what you do? I love what you do. 
Well, we're going to offer you the tools to be able to do that. We're going to offer you the ways to be able to support us financially, you know, as we go quarterly, monthly, things like that. You'll be able to step in and join with us on this ministry and financially back us. Why? Because it costs money. This actually does cost money to put out there. And we love doing it. This is what we feel God has called us to do. But we know that as you can partner with us, you're going to be get that blessing as well. So thrivetoday.tv. Have a look at the ways that you'll see right on the front page of the ways that you can support us there. We're going to work it out with you as we go. We've got some really exciting ideas that we can do as you uh, enter in and support us and financially back us. We want to be able to give you some tiers of support and give you some extra uh uh, you know, Matt and DJ goodies to uh, to bring you in closer to this uh, Thrive family of podcasts that we do. That's the plan. So as you're over there at thrivetoday.tv, have a look around. Make sure you go have a look at it here. You can contact us there as well and let us know what you think. We've got some great ideas for the future, but we can only do it with your support. So we're going to ask you to head over there at thrivetoday.tv and do that. All right, that's enough from me. Let's get back into the episode here. We've got chapter 20 of the book of Revelation to get into. Episode 100 with DJ and Matt of Thrive Deeper. Matt, I picked that music because it sounded a bit Book of Revelation. It is a bit Book of Revelation. <laughs> I, I was just, I was just thinking about the appropriateness of that. You like? It's got a bit it's of a the tension soundtrack. There. It's, it's the soundtrack, soundtrack to, to Revelation. All right, we've uh, we're back here. We're wrapping up uh, nineteen and twenty here. The chapters here of the Book of Revelation. We're going to wrap up chapter twenty. That's that'll be the first time in history. Well, uh, look, right you know, here. yeah, exactly. We're going to answer all everything <laughs> definitively. We're going to give you the answers. We're going to do the rest of the evangelical world hasn't been able to do. Oh, look. <laughs> Basically, chapter 20 is the thousand years. Yeah, it's it's uh, really, uh, I would say this is probably one of the most debated chapters uh, in the Bible, if not the most debated uh, chapter. I mean, you know, there's a lot of debate around Genesis 1, isn't there? But, um, yeah, but there certainly is. And, and, this is. and this is amongst, you know, Bible-believing it's a very respectful debate, yeah. I may say, yeah, yeah. and and a lot of and and there are there are slightly different positions uh, on this. A lot of people actually don't realise that there are. This is the interesting thing. Yeah, um, that there is a debate. Yeah, that there is a debate, yeah, and, so, that, and that's because they've grown up in a particular tradition. Yeah, which has just said this is how it is. Yep, and and, and very loosely. And I'm talking, and like you've said, yeah. we're talking as as orthodox evangelicals. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not talking about the fundamentals. Yeah, like we, within. All of the fundamentals are given, but yep. there's these slightly. So, chapter twenty talks about a thousand year period, and, and I'll maybe read a bit of that in a moment. But very loosely, if I can set it up, there's basically two generalized views. Three. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, there's three, but I, I would say m- m- for most mainstream Christians, the third one not so much. But I'll let you. I'll let you know. Oh, okay, you're going to debate yeah, me on yeah, that one, even. Yeah. But basically, if I could sum it up in two basic ways to look at it, it's the dispensationalist way of looking at it uh, as as um, when it says a thousand years, it means a thousand years. And then the other views are, well, it could be figurative. Yep. Yes. Okay. So yeah, so that's that's one way of, of putting I'm, that. I'm being a real yeah. I'm bringing it really basic. Yeah. So so let me let me 
I think what I'll do is just read the yeah. first part of this because then uh, people will understand what we're talking yes. uh, about here and, and, and I'll just outline the, the only other The only other thing I wanted to mention is that at the end of 19 that we didn't cover, both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. The entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came out of the mouth of Jesus and all the vultures, da-da-da. So false prophet and the beast, boom. Yep. In the fire. Lake of fire. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more because it comes up again yes. uh, on the Day of Judgment. So now, so. We go, now we go into chapter 20. Yeah. Okay. So it says here, And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw the thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his, its mark on uh, their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will... They will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Okay, so the question is, uh, what is this thousand years? Because nowhere else in Scripture do we have explicit reference to this thousand-year period. Okay. It's just here in Revelation chapter 20. So there, there, are, there, are, three, uh, there are three approaches to this, and they're, they're, they're named after uh, when in relation to the millennium, this thousand-year period, we think uh, that the, the second coming of Jesus yes. sits. Okay? Yep. So there's premillennialism, which says that Jesus returns and ushers in a literal thousand-year period. Yes. Okay. Uh, then um, there is the what's known as post-millennialism, which sees that, um, that Jesus... There comes a point where Jesus, through his church... Um, becomes victorious, as it were, in the world. And you have a kind of a thousand-year golden age. Uh, now, you can roll your eyes, DJ, at, at that. But that actually has been enormously... I mean, that view has prevailed at very significant times in church history. Definitely. Uh, all of the, the um, English... Uh, many of the English reformers in, in the you know, 16, 1700s, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely swore by that that view. They mm -hmm. believed Christ said that his church would be victorious, and that's what this is referring to. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's post-millennialism, um, which, as I said, has been uh, popular at points. Then there is amillennialism, uh, which says that this thousand-year period refers basically to now. Okay, so Christ came, died on a cross, bound... Uh, bound Satan in a sense, okay, mm -hmm. um, and ushering in this period in which he sit, seated at the right hand of God the Father, and he reigns in that sense, and uh, and then uh, we have this non-literal thousand-year period, which is now. So that's that's the three different views. Yeah, I of course mm -hmm. am a premillennialist, yeah, and I believe this is a literal thousand-year. That, you know that uh, Jesus will usher in. That Jesus ushers in after the battle. You know, the, okay. there is a sentencing. <clears throat> Jesus ushers in with, you know, the victors on this earth. A thousand year reign. There are people. There are nations. 
it is uh i know it's not a it's not uh you you say um it's not you know, explicitly spoken not explicitly about spoken in the thing, but I believe that fulfills a lot of Old Testament prophecies okay. about you know Christ, you know the the, the Messiah ruling yep. and everything like that. And, and and it's also I may say the strength of that view is that it's it allows for a fairly neat interpretation of this chapter. Very neat, very neat, and it also there is a there is a amazing graciousness of God and like a fin- for me a finishing of a story. Where if people want to argue about the justice of God and Christ and the way that God, the triune God has decided to work out, you know, the existence that we're in, there is one final thing to be able to say, okay, well, imagine if Jesus was able to come and rule himself perfectly in a perfect government and that is happening all over the earth and people are free and people are enjoying what God is mm-hmm. doing and Jesus is ruling himself yeah. for a thousand years as the perfect ruler and then finally Satan is released and is allowed to have one last thing. Oh, will people stay just because of that? No, the human heart is wicked and they will follow, a great many yeah. will follow Satan. Yeah. Yeah. There is something very neat and mm. You know, um, narrative-wise, for me, uh, about thinking about how God thinks about salvation, that works really well in that favour. That's my my view. Yeah. So um, maybe maybe describe the uh, events. Are, are you able to dis- uh, on that view? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yep. so we have the the period of tribulation. Yes. Uh, the seven years. That, yeah. That leads into the coming of Christ, and then now again, that's it then again, it's very important to understand in 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 this. And I'm being a very generalistic, and there's a multitude of views within yeah. this. But I'm going to be very generalistic. The church is raptured. The church is taken up into heaven at the beginning of the tribulation. Okay. Well, on one on one view within this, I know, view, I know, I know, I know. I'm just <laughs> saying that I'm, I'm saying a very generalized view for for the yep. premillennial pre. You know, yeah, blah, I blah, think, blah. well, I think this is the most common form of this. Yes, exactly, uh, I think. exactly. Yep. There's a rapture of the church. I interpret the book of Revelation. And by rapture, you mean the church is is taken up. Christ is Christ is in the air. That what we read in Thessalonians. Uh, Paul alludes to it, you know, m- multiple times. Yeah. There is a cap. Again, the word rapture isn't isn't. Um, Paul re- alludes to it. Well, Paul explicitly talks about it in Thessalonians, and I believe the book. Okay. I believe. Look at yeah. you. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Paul, you know, Paul. Paul gives us yeah. that the Thessalonians. They will be yeah, t- caught up in. They'll the be air. caught yep. up. Yep. I believe that yep. the book of mm-hmm. Revelation shows us as John is caught up into heaven after the church ages, the seven, and I don't mm. believe that they're actual ages, but after the church, letters to the churches, John is caught up into into heaven. I believe yeah. just like that, the church is caught up into heaven. Yeah. For the book of Revelation, we do not read about the church on earth in the entire tribulation. We read about the church in heaven. Right. We believe, we see people following Christ and following after the Lamb on earth, yeah. and this is a totally different thing. This is, again, a different dispensation of time in that seven years because I believe that it's a fulfillment of, of the book of Daniel. God is dealing with yeah. the Jewish people yeah. and the rest of the world. And at the end of that seven years is what we just read there at the end of 19. Christ comes back with the church, as we just agreed with, in from heaven with the white robes on, yeah. and he deals final judgment on the earth for a thousand years. Mm. 
And so he sets up a kingdom on the earth for a thousand years. He rules out of Jerusalem, as you know, it's foretold right. in, in you know in in the Old Testament, for, and, and sets up a kingdom, a government for a thousand years, perfect peace over the world for a thousand years. And at that end of a thousand years, there is a a final satanic influence, and then the judgments, the final judgments happen, and then the new heaven and new right. earth. Okay. Ba- that's the basis. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good. There's a mo- it, yeah. there's a multiple series of judgments within that, but uh, you know, anyway, we won't. Yeah, uh, I I like I like it actually. I mean, I, you know, like I, I I have. See, this is this is the problem. Um, the, the more the more I study this, <laughs> the more the more sort of uncertain. Well, the more certain I, I become about the fundamentals. Yes, but. Uh, um, but I, I swing, you know, I swing a lot, and and th- this is a, this is a kind of an evol- a bit of an evolving thing in, in in my in my head, and 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 I'm I'm, well, let me just say I'm liking this more, you know, I I, I see a lot of merit in that view actually, and um, and the merit in it I see is that it actually allows for quite a straightforward interpretation of a lot of prophetic material. Yes. It uh, allows for a fairly straightforward interpretation of um, this chapter yep. in in the Book of Revelation. Uh, it, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's one more. There's one more reason why I love this view. Yeah. And and as I'm getting older in the faith and and maybe the 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 time that we live in now, there's another reason why I love this view. It puts my hope one hundred percent. In Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. I have no hope yeah. that the church is going to usher in or make anything better now, because I see. See, I, I would I, say this is a problem with. Yeah. That okay. Thing. Okay. Yeah. This is where <laughs> this is where we really come at. But I'll give you an example, and I'm really going to walk out here on the limb for this for this live one here. Issues come in. I won't name any issues. Fill in the blank in your mind, and I know that you will. Issues arise in the media, right? Mm. Civil unrest arises in, you know, in our world. The media pushes a narrative Mm. and the church jumps in to say, we can help with that. And whatever way that, and I'm talking about the modern church, I just see the church failing time and time again to actually address the things because they think that by doing something here on earth, we're going to help. And I believe that that we are not helping. I believe that we are putting the hope out of out of Christ. Because in the end, I look at this and go, "Well, of course it's going to get worse. Of course it's going to be bad. Our hope is in Jesus, and He's going to do He's going to do the work, not us." Okay. So let me. Well, 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 that's it's interesting that that you end there because that for me is actually the weakness yeah. of this view, not the strength. <laughs> uh, see, I okay. So, so to summarize. Um, I first of all the that this premillennialist view is I would say probably the most popular view now. Yes. And uh, it's and and I'm the I'm the first one to admit it's incredibly recent in church history. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You look at the you look at the 2000 years of church history yeah. and you go, "Oh my goodness, this church for yeah. well, they didn't think this." Yeah. It's a fairly recent That's right. Cuz I, I was just looking at a little bit of a history of this debate and there actually wasn't really much of a of a debate from probably around the sort of the 300s to the time of Augustine. They they really kind of crystallized this amillennial position where yes. they you see because they had this 
the, the church was so strong and even through persecution w- w- saw so much triumph, right? Yep. And, and particularly they had seen even the conversion of the emperor and, and, uh, and so there was this optimism and they said, well, you know, Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the advance of his church. You yeah. know? And so, so Jesus predicted, you know, Jesus didn't set up his church to be a failure. He set up his church to, for for victory. Okay, yeah. now um, now we read about that final victory here, mm. um, uh, but these you know the early church fathers saw the church as advancing, uh, and um, and and I, there was this kind of optimism, and so particularly uh, you know from that time, and you know Augustine w- was very much uh, a took this view. There really wasn't much, really, any debate about this for another twelve hundred years, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. It was, it was that this was the, um, the, the sort of position uh, on this. Now, according to this view, and, and uh, according to the A mill view, and, and and there are some similarities actually between the post mill and the A mill. Mm-hmm. In both cases, uh, they they see, I guess, the 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 church is becoming victorious yeah. uh, in the world, and that's why I lump it down into two yeah. basic. Camps. And it actually, look, it isn't actually that different even to the premillennial, because the, the difference is that is that you know Jesus is literally going to be a part of that victory and yes. on the amill, whereas uh, the the other views say it's it's Jesus as present with and in his church uh, so is going to do that. I find that so weak. We, oh, in, no, as far I, as inter- I find that strong, actually, uh, in yeah. the interpretation here in the Book of Revelation, it doesn't. It, it says that he, you know, yeah, the rider on the white horse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. That, well, well, no, uh, no, well, again, again, it depends how you read that. See, I would take a cyclical view, where, whereas the thousand years actually we go back to the beginning. So, so the uh, the that I would say the rider on the white horse does. Uh, describe the final defeat of the that release of Satan at the end. See, see, oh. I, I would say, hang on, yeah, know, yeah, hang, know, hang know, in with I know, me here. I know, hang I'm in with, with me you. here. Uh, yeah. I, I would say, um, well, well, no, I would say, no, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm just representing this view. Yes, uh, f- for a moment, and and I'm I'm not completely sure about this, but this is what I think is the strength of this view. Um, it it sees because essentially we've got the same thing. Twice with with the premillennial because, like I, I've from what I've read of the premillennial view, they still would say that no, Jesus ascended to the right hand and Jesus rules, like mm. Jesus, the Lord reigns. You know, we can declare that now yeah. in a very true sense. Mm. And then there is this period of the tribulation when you know Satan has a field day, uh, you know, through the beast and whatever. And then essentially, what you've got in the millennium is basically the same thing described all over again. Now, maybe that will happen. Um, but uh, it seems to me to be a simpler explanation uh, to say no. It's actually talking about the same thing twice. Uh, yeah, like, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and I think what it what it does is that it takes it takes seriously the fact that Christ actually reigns and that Christ did actually, in a very significant sense, defeat Satan uh, on the cross. Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, we, we, um, you know, Jesus says in Matthew. Uh, Chapter twelve. How can anyone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he may plunder his house? You know. Mm. So, in a sense, what what is happening now in the church age is the plundering of Satan's house. In that sense, then uh, in Luke ten, um, 
you know, we had the sending out of the 72 and, you know, they returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons submit to are subject to us in your name. Mm. Okay. So there's a sense they are in subjection. So that's what, uh, that's what, uh, that, that I think is a, is a fair enough way of describing the, the binding of Satan there, that, that, that Satan is subject. Okay. In, so how do you, we, how do you explain away things like this? You know, that, that in, in Expl- this, moment- oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Sorry, you're, I'm being a big classic. <laughs> explain away. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. how are you going to explain this one? No, I'm not explaining away things. I'm explaining things. Okay, so when so when Jesus rules again, and the people are ruling with him, you know, in the in this a thousand years, in this is in chapter twenty. I saw the souls of those who had not worshipped the beast or his statue, yep. not accepted the mark on their foreheads, and they came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And this is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years has ended. Blessed and holy are those who share the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be the priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. Yeah, that's right. So um, this... Uh, I would suggest. Away, no, 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 I'm not. This I would because John speaks about the souls yeah. of those uh, in in heaven, not the bodies. So I would suggest that this is a like a spiritual. Uh, resur- I'm, I'm just suggesting this. Now, this may not. You know, uh, uh, I would suggest that this is a. This could be a spiritual uh, resurrection, which is why it's referred to the first resurrection, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the final resurrection actually is final the one ju- that's yep. spoken about in. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, mm-hmm. uh, the, the resurrection of our bodies. So this is them being resurrected, you know, resurrected, uh, brought back to life. Yes. In the sense that when we go to be with the Lord, it actually we are more alive then than we are now. This is like death compared to uh, compared to then. So um, mm. that's that's how uh, that would. Um, on, on this view, okay, would be rendered. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm going to always so, go for the literal view. Yeah, okay, that's my you know that's yeah. my my. So so even you know they came to life and re- and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Like one Corinthians fifteen says, for for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. Yeah. Which means Paul is saying that Christ ascended to the right hand of the God and he is going to reign until he's put all of his enemies under his feet. Mm. In Matthew twenty eight, you know. Jesus said to them, "All authority is in heaven as on earth has been given to me." Mm. Like Jesus reigns now. This is, I think, the so it prevents against any sense of because. Uh, and, and again, you know, I said that I saw. I, I suppose your what you said before. I feel like it's like let's just bunker down and wait for Jesus to come back and okay, do all the no, work. No, 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 no. Okay, and that's the stereotype of of the yeah. View. And, and we're just gonna you know yep. th- throw out kind of life rings and yeah. And and, it, and I think it causes the church to become a bit of an enclave where we just kind of bunker down in our little in our little bunker I agree. and wait for Jesus I to agree. come that, back that, and the, fix the mess. That's, that's our the, job to fix the mess. That's the problem with. Okay, so I believe I believe this is this is great. This is great. Uh, I'm glad we're getting this on video. The uh, um, I believe that that is the the problem with the stereotype of this view, and I've seen that firsthand. The other problem with the stereotype of the dispensationalist view is, well, the end of the church is going to be really tragic until Jesus comes back. People yeah. are going to fall away, and it's going to be the worse and worse and worse. And the world's going to get all burnt up and renewed. So let's just trash the planet. It doesn't matter. Let's use it up. We've been given to use it up, and you know, let's just go ahead and da 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 da. All those negative stereotypes, yeah. and and they are. 
true in some parts for some people. Yeah. They really do live like that. On the flip side, the other view for me is this fairy tale rose coloured glasses and rainbows of everything's getting better and the church is getting better and we're influencing the world and look at this and we're doing great. And it's like, wait, what fancy yeah, that's land That's a bit of a you, caricature. What yeah. fantasy land are you? You really think we're going to usher in this thousand year reign? Are you joking? Uh, so uh, on there's. The post, yeah, on a. Well, no. Well, or, yeah, that's, or, that's on the or, post mill. Yeah. Or we're, or I think we're, Jesus or, ushered in the or we're living year. in Or we're living in the thousand year millennium, like we're living in a millennium. Are you serious? I, so. There, there's stereotypes on both sides, and I and I really do see the problems on all of yeah, yeah. all of them. I mean, like I think, um, uh, I mean, and what the revelate what Revelation depicts is definitely um, Christ and and the Father and, and and through the Holy Spirit on earth ruling yes. everything on earth. Yes. I'm like there's absolutely every indication throughout the book of revelation that despite the chaos and the rebellion yes god is totally in control in, in control jesus reigns the lord yeah. reigns yeah. and and i think this this is probably where um cuz i like i said before i'm actually I'm 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 swinging in a, a little in between these views and and I'm and I'm still and, and to be honest I'm playing yeah. a bit of a part today yeah, yeah, that, but, I, but I but I too see the see the the value in yeah. the other views as yeah, well. Yeah. So I uh, I think probably it's worth uh, just highlighting the definites here. Let's 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 maybe highlight some definites and then we'll have so, to wrap up. Yeah. So the first the first thing is that uh, I think we agree that there is a very real sense in which we can say. Jesus reigns. Now. Amen. Okay. Amen. And we see that through the, the book of Revelation. Yep. Um, I think we agree that there, there will be uh, a period of tribulation, you know, the, the, and Amen. And also that Jesus is going to return and finally destroy all evil. Can we can we both agree on this is this is this will be interesting. I, I didn't I didn't plan on this. It's like it's like we're debating having a checklist here. Can we both agree on that the tribulation is is largely about not not entirely about but largely about Daniel's fulfillment of God dealing with the Jewish people. Um, uh, that's uh, or it's got part yeah. at least part to well, do. Well, with see, that. that's I mean, I I I, I do like that view, but I, I um, uh, right, can we well, just shelve well, that? Let's well, just I'm shelve not that one. <laughs> I'm not signing anything here, though. Let's just, <laughs> let's just shelve that one for, just for okay, the moment. Okay, just, okay. Because it's more that there's just some qualifiers around that. But the, Well, uh, the tribulation is about God's justice. Yeah. You know, God's justice on earth, God, God's, you know, God's judgment, yeah. I believe partly is that is a fulfilment of Old yep. Testament okay. prophecy, yep. prophe you know, prophecy yeah, about the there. Jewish people. Yep. So, and then the finally, we both can agree on, Timeline might, you know, question mark that Jesus does come back. hundred oh, yeah. percent. To the earth. Yeah. To you know to do yeah, his thing. Yeah, that's right. And that and that there is a uh, a resurrection. Yes. That, uh, and then the, are followed by a, a judgment. judgment. Yes. And then the ushering in. Now, uh, this is where insert, you know, insert a literal millennium. Yeah. Uh, as I've said. I get that 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 makes a lot. There are a lot of things that I like about that. Yes, uh, about that view. The difference view for me would be maybe there's multiple resurrections, and there's multiple judgments. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. I've, I find that a little. Yes. Yeah, that's the bit that I find a little messy. Yeah. But 
uh, I, I think that there that there might be something to that. Yep. Um, and then, of course, the ushering into the final state. Now, New heaven and new earth. That's right. Now, the fact is, um, what you believe here, I don't think is going to make uh, a lot of difference. I don't see us with a different faith or a different hope no. or any – this makes really no. that much difference yep. uh, for, for us. But like I said, the only thing, as I get older, the only thing that really I think makes a difference for, for me personally is – and you're going to say it's. I know what you're going to say to this is like I said before. I find my hope more and more and more. Like, and I'm not calling myself a martyr, but like the martyrs' voices coming out of the altar there, and mm. you know from the thing, my hope is like God. When are you going to? We need your justice, God. You need your justice. And I find that maybe your view, and I might be stereotyping it here, is, well, God is going to deal with his justice th- through the church. We're going to usher in some sort of justice. And I go, I don't yeah, see I don't that. Know. I don't see I, that. I, I wouldn't describe my okay, okay. I wouldn't describe it like that. Okay. I, I, I feel, and, and I think this is what you actually, I think, will agree with, that there is a sense in which uh, the church will be victorious. Through It's not like the church is going to, um, and, and this is the bit that I do disagree, disagree with that the church is going to attain in and of itself uh, absolute political power on the earth yeah that that I think there's a massive problem with that view yeah uh, I, I see the church as being um, uh, as not being defeated mm-hmm. as permeating the earth because remember Jesus said the gospel will go to the ends of the earth then the end will come okay yeah. so I see that he predicts success there I see the weeds and the wheat the in the parable of the weeds and the wheat, the yes. wheat comes to yes. fruition as well as the weeds. Okay, Amen. so and and then when he interprets the parable, he says, and uh, and then the angel will come and weed out of the kingdom of God all mm. that does evil. Okay, so yeah. so I you know I, th- there is uh, a sense in which uh, the church will be victorious in that sense. Yeah, um, and look, I guess uh, to finish, this is where. This is where the challenge is uh, for us, isn't it? Yeah, totally. Uh, because, you know, we're not to just bunker down and go and hide. Like, we have a job to do in this world. And it's interesting that um, in Revelation chapter 21, it contrasts uh, the uh, the cowardly and, and the the conquerors. Yeah. It's, there's, there's the cowardly and the conquerors. It's actually, it's very polarised. There's not much in between. Mm. Either you're up for the battle... Yeah. And you're going to you're going to stay faithful, and you're going to uh, continue to be that witness, or or you're part of the coward. I mean, the, the cowardly. Side. And I think that polarized picture is important for us because we need to make sure that we know which side that we're on, and mm. make sure that we are, you know, holding on to Jesus because Jesus is our absolutely only hope. Whatever view you take, Jesus is returning to fulfil all of our hopes. Well, I think we did it. I think we did it live, episode 100. I can't believe it. 
I don't think we made a mistake. I, uh, this is amazing. Thank you so much if you've tuned in uh, with us over this last hour or so. We really appreciate all of your love, your support, your letters, your your emails, everything that you've you've uh, sent us. And don't forget, we'll be back in a fortnight for episode 101. Can't believe we're up to 101, where we're going to wrap up this book of Revelation. And uh, we're so excited that you're part of it. So please... Keep contacting us. Head over to thrivetoday.tv. See the new refresh. See everything that we've got uh, on offer there. Be part of this new journey. And we long to see you as we continue through, studying through the word with Thrive Deeper. Thank you so much for joining us on this live episode. We did it, Matt. We did. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thrive Deeper. Matthew and DJ really appreciate the questions and thoughts about what you're reading in the Bible as you go through it with Thrive. Our home on the internet is thrivetoday.tv. You can contact us, ask questions, see all of our resources and much more at our website, thrivetoday.tv. The Thrive Today Network is on Facebook. Our Facebook page and links to our community groups are waiting for you. Just search and like Thrive Today page in Facebook now. Visit ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. If you appreciate what we do and want to help us reach more people, go to ratethispodcast.com slash thrive deeper. Until next time, our prayer is that these shows will inspire you to go deeper into God's Word and thrive. This was another DJP.FM production.